This is Women in Revival podcast. Today, we are starting a series called Facing a Task Unfinished. Our topic for today is Opa, the Moabitess. Today, we'll be looking about Opa, seeing how she was a Moabitess, but how God wanted to use her. Opa was not an Israelite. She was not someone who belonged to the tribes of Israel. She was a Moabitess. The people God had told the Israelites not to mix with. We will see here that God is extending his hand of grace and favour towards Orpah to bring her to him. Orpah was a Moabitess, yet God wanted to use her. Sister, do not worry about your ethnicity, which country you come from, how old you are. God just wants to use you. A woman from any ethnicity. Deborah Shinobi now take his father on this subject heavenly father we thank you so much for your love your mercy that has kept us thus far thank you for the opportunity to come together to hear you please lord speak to our hearts in jesus name amen thank you so much for joining us on this new series facing a task unfinished heart throbbing delve into the life of upper the Lord has been so gracious to me, and I am sure He is gracious to you. I am away from home. It's a privilege to just take a break from home and go and relax and focus again on the Lord Jesus. So it is in the midst of my time away that I have been looking into the scriptures, and out of the things the Lord has been sharing with me, I'll be sharing with you. Today, I am starting a series tagged facing a task unfinished and before we get into this series may i encourage you to feel free to go to our website www.gravechampchristianladies.co.uk where you will get all the series we've done so far and other resources that could be of help to you and also you can contact us send us your prayer need on our contact us page or you can WhatsApp, give us a call on plus four four three nine eight four one five, and we will be willing to respond to your request. And also, I am inviting you to join us on our online Bible classes where we meet and discuss. And also, if you would like us to locate a church where a group of people meet together in discipleship, do contact us and we connect you appropriately wherever you are in the world i want you to be certain that the lord will make it possible for us to connect you either to an online meeting or a group of people that meet together in a church or in a location amen as we go through this series this time i want to encourage you also to please come with your bible your notebook and your pen Jot down what the Lord will be sharing with you. Take time to pray into them. And also feel free to share our links, even with your loved ones. And you can also listen to our broadcast on our own app called Women in Reviver. For now, you can only download it on Google Play. Search for Women in Reviver on Google Play. It is free. And our broadcast is also free. Our podcast is free on Women in Reviver. Also, you can download Podbean 
but you will have to search for Women in Revival on Podbean. And there also you will hear our podcast freely. Amen. The Lord has really been challenging my personal heart as he has been focusing my heart on a few people in the Bible. And we are going through this series on the life of three women in the Bible. The first woman that we want to look at is the person of Opa. We will come again another series to look at Ruth. And we will come again another series to look at Naomi. I love it when God gives me a woman or a man to glean from their lives from the scripture. It speaks so much to my life. And even this afternoon, as I reflect on the person of Ruth, I can't but beg God for my life. And I am praying that the Lord himself will also speak to you, even as we go through this series on upper. And then we will come another time to look at Ruth. So our title for this series is called Facing a Task Unfinished. Heart throbbing delve into the life of Opa. We want to delve into the life of Opa, and I am believing that the Lord will steer your heart, even as you see issues concerning the life of Opa. So today we are handling the topic Opa the Moabites. Opa the Moabites. And we have a story in the book of Ruth, chapter 1. Probably let me take it from verse 1, then I will jump to verse 4. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. Verse 4. And they took them wives of the women of Moab, the name of the one was Opa, and the name of the other Ruth. And they dwelled there about ten years. May the Lord bless his word to our heart as we share a few thoughts together. Now, we are painted with the person of Opa. Even though this story is the story of Ruth, Opa, Naomi, Elmelech, Malon, and Kilion. But we are taking this time to focus our hearts on the person of Opa. And we are looking at Opa, the Moabites. First, I want us to consider that land, Moab. Moab is the seed of Lot and his eldest daughter. Remember, it was the seed that came out of the incest between Lot and his older daughter. Moab is also called the people of Chemosh. And we find that in the book of Numbers chapter 21 verse 29. Moab is the country to the east of Jordan and the Dead Sea. And Moab was that country whose king hired Balaam against the Israelites. Moab was that country that the king sent his elders to call for Balaam to come and curse the people of Israel. Moab was that country that the king gave his servants even the reward of divination to give unto Balaam. So I am not sure, perhaps Opa grew up seeking for divination and giving reward of divination. 
And also, it was in Moab that Balaam tried all he could to place curses upon the Israelites. And in Numbers chapter 25, verses 1 to 3, we read, The Israelites were lured toward them with the Moabites. And also, after Israelite victory over Moab, there had been constant hostility against the Israelites. And the Moab would frequently come and harass the Israelites in time of battle. An example of such was in the Judges chapter 3 verses 12 to 30. And another thing to consider concerning the people of Moab. In Deuteronomy chapter 23, God said the Moabites were forbidden to enter even into the tent of Israel. And we are considering upper the Moabites. That is the reason why we are looking at Moab. Moabites are idolater by religion. They put not their hope in the God Almighty. And having had this little information about Moab, I want us to consider upper. The name upper means neck or skull. And some says a name means stiff-necked. And you know, Moab was a land in which Opa grew up in. She was fortunate to be connected to the people of Israel. For in Ruth chapter 1 that we read earlier, the Bible said that there was a famine in the land. There was a famine in Bethlehem, Judah. Elimelech, his wife, and his two sons sojourned to Moab. And while they were there in Moab, Elimelech's son married Opa. Opa was the Moabites. And we are considering this woman who had grown up in the land of idolatry, in the land where God is not honored. We are considering this woman who was of the Acostris. And this woman, like I said earlier, was fortunate to be connected to the people of God. And you know the book of Matthew chapter 11 verses 28 to 30 says, Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So this was the invitation that I see the God of heaven gave unto Upper the Moabites. He said, come to me, Upper. I know you grew up in Moab. I know your life was that of idolatry. I know you have worshipped the God of Moab. I know you slept in the temple of the gods of Moab. Yet in my sovereignty, I am extending my love to you, Upper. Come unto me. Seek no more rest in the gods of Moab. Seek rest in me. Take my yoke upon you, Upper, and come and learn of me. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And this kind of caused me to see that the call of God is no more about our ethnicity. It's no more about our nationality. The call of God, even unto upper the Moabites, was no longer about our ethnicity, about our nationality. 
about her idolatry, but on the contrary, it is about he who beckoned unto upper to come and be part of the heavenly citizen. It's about he that has called upper to come and be part of his task force so that God's task might be fulfilled through the life of upper. An opportunity God extended to upper the Moabites. And next time, in the course of this series, you will see that the nature of Moabite did not leave upper. I am praying that whatever your background is, whatever your nationality is, whatever your ethnicity is, will not hinder you from coming to God the Almighty. Maybe you are of a lower caste or of a middle class or whatever caste you belong to. Jesus says, I have come that you of a lower class, of a middle class, of a lower caste, of a higher caste might have life and have this life abundantly. And I am praying that in the course of this series, you will respond to the love of God that is beckoning to you, that you will be able to face every task that heaven is bringing your way and finish the same. Amen. This is Women in Revival podcast. Yesterday, we started a series called Facing a Task Unfinished. Our topic for today is Orpa, the wife of Chilean. Chilean was Naomi's son. We see here that Orpa got married to Chilean. She got married to the firstborn in Naomi's family. She got married to the man who would potentially become Jesus' great, 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 great grandfather. She was going to be the great, 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 and many more great grandmother of Jesus Christ. She was going to be part of the lineage of Jesus, part of the Davidic lineage. But we will see here how God extended his favour more so towards Orpah how he extended it to her Moabitess by allowing her to marry Chilean and potentially she would become part of the line of Jesus Christ. Deborah Shinobi will now take us further on this subject. Thank you so, so much, our Lord Jesus, for your love, your mercy, that keep causing you to stretch forth your hand even unto us. As we come again on this series, help Lord, open our hearts that we may see you, that we may hear you. Help us to see these heart-throbbing issues from the life of Opa. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. 
thank you so much for still joining us on Women in Revival. We are still on the series, Facing a Task Unfinished, Heart-Throbbing Delve into the Life of Opa. While I sat and looked at the life of Opa and meditated, even while I walk around, it brought me at times to the place of crying and begging God, even for my very life. I want to encourage you to feel free to share our links, to feel free to share our broadcast with your loved ones. Invite your loved ones to join us at this wonderful table, even with the Lord. Come and join us and wine and dine at the presence of the Lord as we listen to this broadcast. And you can download our app, which is Women in Revival, on Google Play, or you can download Podbean on Google Play or App Store and search for Women in Revival. On these two apps, you will get our broadcast free, and both apps are free. And I want to encourage you to feel free to contact us over any matter that you want to discuss, any issue that you want to be enlightened on, do feel free to contact us. And if you would like to take up the opportunity of discipleship, do feel free also to contact us. And I want to personally invite you to join us on some of our online Bible studies or to join a group of our brethren as we study together, even at different locations in different parts of the world. Do contact us and we will connect you appropriately. Last time on Women in Revival, we looked at Opa the Moabites, a woman whose root was of Moab. And I am seeing God, even as I am speaking now, speaking to my heart, from the book of Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6 and 7 saying, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and stabilized in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding daring with thanksgiving. So I am seeing God saying, Don't fall back to your ethnicity. I, Jesus, wants to give you myself. Walk in me. Be rooted, not in your ethnicity. Be rooted, not in your nationality. Be built up in me, the Lord Jesus. Be established in the faith, in your work with me, the Lord Jesus. So today we want to look at another aspect on this series, facing a task unfinished, heart-throbbing delve into the life of Opa. You know what a privilege that God could open to us the life of another woman that we may delve into and see our throbbing issues that we need to consider as we journey on this side of eternity. Today, our topic is Opa, the wife of Chilion. Opa, the wife of Chilion. And we will take Ruth chapter 1, verses 4 to 5, and chapter 4, verse 10. And it reads, Ruth 1, 4 to 5. And they took them, wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Opa, and the name of the other Ruth. And they dwelled there about 10 years. 
and Malon and Chilion died also, both of them. And the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. Now chapter 4 verse 10 and it reads, Moreover, Ruth the Moabites, the wife of Malon, have I purchased to be wife, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance, that the name of the dead be not cut off from among his brethren and from the gate of his place. Ye are witnesses this day. Now, why did we go to this chapter 4 verse 10? Just to confirm that Upper is the wife of Chilion. In verse 10, we see Boaz saying he has purchased Ruth, the wife of Malon. And in chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, we saw that the two sons of Elmelech, Malon and Chilion, took wives of the Moabites, and they mentioned the name of these two women, Opa and Ruth. Here, we don't know who is who. We don't know who is the wife of Malon or Chilion, but chapter 4, verse 10 makes it clearer to us that Ruth was the wife of Malon. So that tells us that Opa was the wife of Chilion. And you know, Opa, having grown up in Moab, she served the god of Moabite and now got married to a non-Moabite. She actually got married to an Israelite of the tribe of the Ephratites. And as I meditate on this, think upon this, I'm asking you a question. What could this marriage mean for Opa? First, it is an opportunity for Opa to know the God of the Israelites. Also, it is an opportunity for Opa to leave the Moabites' religion and lifestyle, to leave them behind. It is an opportunity for Opa to yoke herself with the God of heaven and earth. It says, Come unto me, all ye that labor. So, Opa's marriage to Chilion is a great stepping stone into a deeper walk with the God of the universe. And I, I am trying to think that Opa, in her years of marriage to Chilion, would have deserted the gods of Moab. It may have looked as if she had deserted, or maybe she did left those gods. And I am thinking that she seemingly looked as someone that has changed camp. She looked as someone who has changed identity, who had a change of mind. And as I think further about this woman, Opa, the wife of Chilion, it tells me that her identity changed. Her maiden name changed. She would no longer be Opa whatsoever her maiden name was. She would have become Upper Chilion, Upper Chilion Elimelech. And you know, as a wife of Chilion, she must have related with her mother in law, Naomi. And thinking further about the implication of Upper being the wife of Chilion, I am seeing that Upper was barren throughout her union with Chilion. Yet, Opa was accepted in the family of Elimelech. There wasn't any record of being taunted or being troubled. She was accepted to continue to be part 
of the family of Elimelech. And the book of Osea, chapter 2, verse 23 says, And I will sow her unto me in the earth, and I will have mercy upon her that had not obtained mercy. And I will say to them which were not my people, Thou art my people, and they shall say, Thou art my God. This was what God did for Opa. She was not God's people. She was not God's person. But God intended to sow her unto himself, even on earth, as we will see that he did for Ruth. God had decided to show mercy upon Opa. God decided to say concerning Opa that you are my person. And God was expecting Opa to respond also, Thou art my God. And you know, this shows us what God could have done with the life of Opa. God could have sown her indeed to himself on earth. He would have had mercy on her as he did unto Ruth, like I said earlier. The marriage of Opa to Chilion may have caused Opa to be called of God as his beloved, as his people. This was a great privilege that God gave unto Opa. And I also believe that Opa's marriage to Chilion opened a very great opportunity for Opa to be part of God's task force. But how did Opa undo this opportunity? How did Opa undo this great privilege which she did not deserve? Opa became the wife of Chilion, even though Moabites are not meant to enter into the tent of Israel, neither are Israel meant to mingle up with them. But mercy found her. A door of opportunity was opened unto Opa to come and be part of God's task force, not only for our generation, even to be remembered in the generation to come. Our entrance into the family of Elimelech opened a door for her to enter into the nation of Israel, into God's own people's camp. What a privilege! And this is a picture of Christ and his church. For it was while we were yet sinners that Christ came to propose to us and lay down his life on Mount Calvary. He called us who were unloved. He called us the deserted. He called us the idol worshiper. He called us the rebellious children. He called us a people of iniquity and reconciled us to God his father. He made us sons and daughters of the most high God. How have you been handling this great privilege? Have you been wasting this great privilege? The Bible says, cast not your pearl unto swine. In the course of our delving into the life of upper you will discover that Opa proved that she was a swine indeed. She went back to what she belonged to. She went back to her vomit. Though a great privilege was given to her, 
to be married to Chilion, to enter into the family of the Ephratites, to be part of the future of the son and coming Lord Jesus. Upper missed it. Upper wasted this great opportunity. And I believe God is using this broadcast as an opportunity to woo you to himself, to bring you into his kingdom, to reveal to you the love that took him to the cross over 2,000 years ago. Maybe you don't even know the Lord Jesus, or maybe you go to church, but you have not really invited the Lord Jesus into your life. Maybe you are rich yet lonely. Maybe you are very rich yet devastated within. Jesus is saying, come unto me. Maybe you have many gods that you worship like Opa. Maybe you have concluded Jesus is another God, part of the small letter G-O-D. But I want you to know there is no other name underneath heaven in which you can be saved, in which you can be joyful, in which you can be at rest, except the name of Jesus. For he is the only one who is highly exalted above every other name. And he desires a relationship with you. He desires to connect with you. He wants to take you from the realm of religion and bring you into a personal work, even with him. If you would like to discuss the matter of the salvation of your soul with us, do contact us on plus four four seven nine four four three nine eight four one five, or you can kneel down wherever you are and ask the Lord Jesus to forgive you of every form of idolatry, of every waywardness of the past, and ask him to come and be the Lord and the Savior of your soul, so that he might call you a discarded one, his own very people, so that he can recruit you into his task force. Amen. is Women in Revival podcast. Two days ago we started a series called Facing a Task Unfinished. Our topic for today is Orpah arose in company of Ruth and Naomi. We will see here today how Orpah rose up. She joined Ruth and Naomi as they were going to Bethlehem. It wasn't her own personal decision. It was because she saw Ruth and Naomi go that she thought, I too must go also. Sister, are you like that? God extended his grace to Orpah. Even after her husband had died, he was still extending his hand of grace unto her. But we see here, Orpah was not ready to follow. She followed Ruth and Naomi because she had nothing else to do. She followed them as a crowd. She was one of those crowd followers where 
wherever someone goes, she will copy them. She did not have her own base of faith. Sisters, God wants you to have your own faith to stand upon. Not that you will follow in the company of others, even though what Orpah did was good because she was going to Bethlehem with Ruth and Naomi. Orpah did not stand up and say, let me go to Bethlehem. Deborah Shinobi, now take us further on this subject. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for how you are opening to us the life of Opa. Father, we pray that you will help us not to discard even these treasures that you are revealing unto us. Help us on this episode today. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for still joining us on Women in Revival. I want to encourage you to call on your loved ones or the female gender in your life to join us on this broadcast. Feel free to send our links to your loved ones. Share it on your social network. Share it on your WhatsApp. Share it on any means and every means that is available for you. You can download our broadcast on our website. We add them in CD form in case you need them in series, the series in CD, in MP3. Also, you can go back to our website to listen to any episode, any series that you might have missed. And we give you the opportunity to run it with a group of women, to run it with your women's group. And if you need a workbook to work with the audio, do contact us. And if we have them available, we will be delighted to hand it out to you. Also, why not join us on our discipleship forum online where you have the opportunity to study with other women of like-minded. Join us, give us a call or send us an email as you visit our website www.gravechampchristianladies.co.uk Go on our contact us page and you will get all the necessary information that you need to contact us. Maybe you have a need of counseling or prayer need. Do feel free to give us a call or send us an email and we will respond to you appropriately. Amen. I want to encourage you again to pick up your Bible as we continue this series, Facing a Task Unfinished heart-throbbing delve into the life of Opa. We saw in our previous episodes that Opa was invited into the family of God. She was a Moabitess, she was an idolater, yet an opportunity came for her to be married to the family of Elmelech, to be married to the people of Israel. And today we want to look again are the topic Opa arose in the company of Ruth and Naomi. You know, Opa having married into the family of Elmelech, Elmelech died prior to the marriage of Opa and Chilion, and Opa's husband Chilion died, and Opa's brother-in-law Malon died. So Opa was left with a mother-in-law and a sister-in-law Ruth. And a time came that Naomi heard that there was food in Bethlehem and Naomi decided to return back 
even to Bethlehem, Judah. And it is in this scenery that we'll be meeting Upper again. Upper who had been enlisted into God's task force. At this point, Upper has found herself to be a widow. So I want us to go back to the book of Ruth chapter 1 and we take verses 3 to 5 and verses 6 to 7. And it reads, And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left and her two sons, and they took them wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Opa, and the name of the other Ruth, and they dwelled there about ten years. And Malon and Chilion died also, both of them. And the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. So here we see Edmelech passed away, Malon passed away, Chilion passed away. Like I said earlier, it was Upper Naomi and Ruth that are now left. Now verses 6 to 7 and it reads, Then she arose with her daughter-in-laws that she may return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. The she that is being referred to in this verse is Naomi, the mother-in-law of Opa. Remember, she came from Judah. She left Bethlehem, Judah to Moab because there was a famine in Moab. And having heard that the Lord has visited his people again, she made a determination to return back. And then in verse 7, we are told that Naomi went out of the place. She and her two daughter-in-laws with her. They went on the way to return unto the land of Judah. So a step was taken. And like I said, Opa's husband passed away. And at this point, Opa had become a widow. And you know the book of Romans chapter 7 verses 1 to 2 told us that a woman is by law tied to her husband as long as the man is alive. The moment the man died, the woman is released to move on. So at this point of Opa's life, she was free to go and start a new life. And this for me is an opportunity to see if Opa had yoked herself to the God of Israel or just enjoying married life. I believe this was an opportunity for us to see who Opa really was. A widowhood would only reveal to us the choices that Opa had made while married to Chilion. So we saw in the scripture that we read that Naomi determined to return back to Bethlehem, Judah, for the Lord had visited his people. While Naomi arose, Opa and Ruth decided also to journey with Naomi even to her homeland. Opa arose in the company of Ruth and Naomi. I don't know the reason behind her rising, and I'm thinking perhaps. She's arising because she's in the midst of other women. And I am thinking maybe Upper would usually base her conviction or a reason for acting on other people's view. 
or other people's decision or other people's step. Opa seems not to have personal conviction. Perhaps she heard Ruth telling Naomi that I will go with you. And since Opa did not want to be the old one out, she decided to follow also. Or maybe she felt the previous Moabite men who proposed to her would now find opportunity to reproach her. Therefore, she made a joint decision and not a personal one to follow Naomi back to Bethlehem, Judah. I felt she was probably following because Ruth was following. Opa was that type of Christian who will go to church because people go to church. She was that type of woman who will read the Bible because others are doing so. She was that type of woman who will go to Bible classes because other people are doing so. She did not see any personal reason to pursue God for her life. Upper journeyed into Bethlehem, Judah in a company and not on a personal conviction. She was like those 10 virgins with no extra oil. You know, her inner life, there was no inner witness within this woman. There was no personal touch with the God of Israel. Opa was only accompanying others on their own personal journey. And I don't know whether the Lord is opening your eyes to delve into the life of this woman called Opa. I don't know. Maybe the story of Opa is like your own story. You have no personal conviction about your Christian life. You only do as people do. You only follow because people go. And you know the book of Luke chapter 14 verses 26 to 32 highlighted to us Jesus' condition for following him. So you have to leave your father and mother if you would follow me. Jesus said, if you will come after me, you have to hate your father your mother, your wife, your children, your brethren, your sisters, and even your own life. Then you will take up your cross and follow me. Since how many people would want to build a tower and you would not sit down and count the cost? Whether you have enough to finish it. Opa did not sit down to count the cost. Whether she was able to finish this task that she has begun. Upper faced a task that she did not settle down to finish. Jesus said in that Luke chapter 14, that which man we began to build and will not sit first to see if he has all that it takes to finish his building or which king would go for a war without first sitting down and consult and make research if he is able with his number of army to meet his opposition. Upper would make rash decisions because others are making the same decision. Upper did not count the cost. She only followed because others were following. She probably followed so that people would not say, why are you not following? She followed as a company and not as an individual. Her decision to go to Bethlehem, Judah had no basis, no good reason to go. But because others are going, 
or others are doing so, Upper decided to go. And I want you to know, my listener, that the Christian journey is a personal journey. You cannot journey based on a friend's faith. You cannot journey based on your parents' faith. Your parents may pray for you. Your parents may lead you to their Lord. But your journey with the Lord Jesus must be on a personal conviction. You must journey with the Lord on the faith, faith that come from the Lord Jesus. For it is through him and with him and in him shall you be able to take up a task and finish the same. You know, Joshua said in the book of Joshua chapter 24, verses 14 to 15, that now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Is that your resolution? Have you been following? Have you been going meetings? Have you been joining all sorts of things? Have you been yoking yourself? Have you been in many partnerships? With no personal resolution to follow the Lord. With no personal conviction of a personal walk with God. You cannot go in company. It is a costly assumption. You cannot make decisions based on the crowd. Christ wants to single you out. Christ wants you to have a personal a peculiar and individual walk with him. Amen. This is Women in Revival podcast. Three days ago, we started a series called Facing a Task Unfinished. Our topic for today is persuasion to go back. We saw yesterday that Orpah arose with Ruth and Naomi. She followed them because they were going. We see God extending his hand out to her again. Even though she did not personally want to go, he was still extending his hand out to her by inviting her to go with Ruth and Naomi. We see that she has followed. Now, we will see here today that there is a persuasion from Naomi for Orpah and Ruth to go back. Orpah did not want to go in the first place. Now we see Naomi telling Orpah and Ruth to go back. Go back to your home. I don't have anything to give you. There's nothing I can do for you in Bethlehem. I'm just a poor old woman. Go back to your home. Go back to Moab. That was where you were born. Next time, we will see how Orpah and Ruth respond. Deborah Shinobi, now take us further on this subject.
Thank you, Lord Jesus. What a privilege that we can look at the life of a woman like us, that we may take notice of our own lives. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Having brought us to this episode, speak, Lord, for we are listening. In Jesus' name, Amen. I want to welcome you to Women in Revival and thank you for still taking the time to journey with us on Women in Revival. We are still going through this series, Facing a Task Unfinished, heart-throbbing delve into the life of Opa. I want to encourage you to share our links, our apps with your loved ones. Download our app, Women in Revival, on Google Play, where you can listen to our broadcast freely. And you can share our app with your loved ones. And also, you can get our broadcast on Podbean. Download Podbean and search for Women in Revival. And also, I want to ask you to join us on some of our online platforms, wherever you live in the world. Feel free to connect us and we'll be happy to fellowship with you. And perhaps you are looking for a fellowship of a group of people in a localized place. We not a church, a group of people from different nationality, from different cultural background, from different church background, but who come together in the name of the Lord. Contact us and we will see how to connect you wherever you are in the world. Let's see how the Lord might send you help. Amen. And remember, if you have any counseling need or in need of prayer, do contact us and we'll be willing to discuss with you. If you check our website, www.gravesamchristianladies.co.uk, go on our contact us page, then you will find all the necessary information that you need to contact us. Last time on Women in Revival, we saw Opa who arose in the company of Ruth and Naomi. Her rising was not out of a personal conviction. She was doing follow the leader, leader, leader. She had no personal conviction. Am I saying we ought not to follow our leaders? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Even the word of God encouraged us to follow the footstep of men and women who have brought us this gospel, who have shown the life of Christ to us. But in our following them, it must be a following to connect with the Lord Jesus. They ask for upper, a marriage to Chilion did not link her up with the God of Israel. We are going to see more of her even as we consider today's episode tagged a persuasion to go back. Opa who had no personal conviction. Opa who had no personal revelation of God. Opa who was only journeying in the crowd was persuaded to go back. Let's read Ruth chapter 1 verses 8 to 10. And it reads, And Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each to our mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you, as he have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant you that ye may find rest, each of you in the house of our husband. 
Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voice and wept. Ten, and they said unto her, Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. Amen. You know, as we go through these verses, we see again a chorus answer, a joint response. In the company of Ruth, Opa responded, No, we will not return. It's still okay for a woman like Opa to enjoy the Christian life as long as she's with a group. But the moment she's faced with personal decision, then you will know who she really is. And from the scripture that we read in this Ruth chapter 1 verses 8 to 10, we saw that Opa had committed herself to this task of journeying Bethlehem, Judah to Bethlehem, Judah. An opportunity to meet many of the Israelites, an opportunity for Opa to glean in the fields of the Israelites, an opportunity for Opa to eat the food of the Israelites. An opportunity for Opa to drink the water of the Israelite. An opportunity for Opa to relate with the people of Israel. Opa went out of Moab. Remember we saw in verse 7 of Ruth chapter 1 that both Ruth, Opa and Naomi left where they were and they moved out of Moab. And you know at this point, Opa was no longer in Moab. When the persuasion to go back came to Opa, she had left where she was. She had taken a step further. She had moved. She had shifted away from where she was. One would have thought Opa was following. Opa went all the way to return with Naomi to Bethlehem, Judah. I don't know how far she had gone. Maybe they've traveled halfway. I don't know how many mileage they have done. I don't know how many kilometers they have gone on their journey. But it is very, very clear that they had left where the three of them used to live. A new beginning seems to have started for these women. You know, for Opa, it wasn't as if she made this decision and take no further step. She actually took steps out of Moab. She took steps out of her past, even though no personal conviction. Yet, Opa stepped out on the fate of others from a Moab's dwelling place. And you know, along this journey to Moab, we saw how Naomi persuaded both Opa and Ruth that they should return back to Moab like I said, we don't know how far they had gone in their journey. But one thing that is definitely clear to me is that they had gone out of where they used to be. Opa seemingly had left her past life. But now she's faced with serious dilemma from a senior sister in the way. She's faced with serious choice to make from her mother-in-law. And it seems this senior sister in the way is very experienced in the way they were going. And it seems this elderly sister persuaded both of them to return back to their mother's house. You know, it was as though Upper was being advised against Luke chapter 14, 
verses 26 to 32, that if you will be my disciple, if you will follow me, you must hate your mother, your father, and what have you, and take up your cross and follow me. Upper seems to have been counseled against the will of God, against the purpose of God. And remember, Jesus said, whoever will not deny our father and mother will not be my disciple. And even in the midst of this persuasion, we see again that the response of Opa was a chorus response. It was a joint response with Ruth. The Bible says they lifted up their voice and wept. Both of them said, surely we will return with thee unto thy people. A persuasion for Upper to return back from the task that she had started. A persuasion for Upper to go back to what she used to be. A persuasion for Upper to go back to that which seems like reality. And though Upper was persuaded to return back to her mother's house, Upper carried on even in this journey, in the strength of a joint decision. When we come back next time, we will come and see the final step of Upper as she was persuaded further. A woman that faced a task, but she left it unfinished. She moved from Moab. She started the journey to Bethlehem, Judah. A future was set before her. Persuasion came to Upper. And we see Upper here responding out of a joint response that we will not go back to where we left. We are going with you. And I am not sure maybe this is your story. Maybe for you also, all your life, all your life decisions have been based on the conviction of a fellow sister, on the conviction of a fellow brother, on the conviction of other brethren. Obviously, we need the witnesses of brethren as we seek God's will, as we seek God's purpose. But the honest truth is that the conviction of other brothers and sisters is only to confirm what God had already wrought in our hearts, in our lives, in our personal time with Him. Have you a personal relationship with God? Or are you just one that is lost in the crowd? May the Lord bring you onto a personal relationship with Him. Then would you be able to face task that looks unfinished and you will be able to finish your task. For Christ is the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen.
This is Women in Revival podcast. Four days ago, we started a series called Facing a Task Unfinished. Our topic for today is fully persuaded to go back. Last time we saw that Naomi was persuading Ruth and Orpah to go back. Go back to Moab where they were born. Go back to where they were brought up. Go back to what they knew. Today we'll see what Orpah and Ruth decided. As Naomi had been persuading them and persuading them, Orpah decided to go back. Orpah did not stay there with Naomi and Ruth. She turned around and went back. She allowed Naomi to persuade her, persuade her to go back home. Orpah was taking a step away from what God wanted to do with her. We see here today that Orpah went back. She listened to what Naomi said and she went back. All throughout these series, we've been seeing that Orpah did not have her own faith. She did what other people told her to do. She did what other people were doing. When Naomi and Ruth got up, she got up with them also. Now, Naomi's telling her to go back. She's going back. Sisters, may this not be so in your life? Deborah Shunbi will now take us further on this subject. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord Jesus, for each and every listener that are listening to this series. Thank you for women that are sharing even this podcast to their various groups, women that are saying, I hope this will be put in a book. Women whose home, whose children, turn to yourself. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Delve further into the life of Opa. Speak, Lord, and give us ears to hear. Thank you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you so much for still joining with us on women in revival particularly as we are going through this series facing a task unfinished heart throbbing delve into the life of upper as i personally compared upper and root together i see two women that are given same opportunity and i see what life choices could mean even though we are given the same privilege and last time we saw Opa, who was persuaded by her mother-in-law to return back. But again, she continued in the strength of joint decision. May I encourage you to share our broadcast with your loved ones. Feel free to download our broadcast, share our links, our apps with your loved ones. You can get our broadcast on our website, www gravechampchristianladies.co.uk and you can download our app Women in Revival on Google Play or Podbean on Google Play and there you search for Women in Revival and you can get our broadcast freely. These apps are free and also feel free to use any of our broadcast for your women's fellowship and if you need further help do not hesitate to give us a call. And I want to invite you to join us with your ladies group, with your friends, in some of our online Bible classes. Or maybe you are in a place where you can join us in a localized place where groups of people meet together to study the word of God, to sharpen one another, to grow in a discipleship relationship 
with the Lord and with one another, do contact us. Go on our contact us page and we will be willing to respond to you. If you have a need of counseling or a prayer need, feel free to send us your message. Today we want to go on further as we consider the life of Opa. And today we are looking at the topic, fully persuaded to go back. Opa was fully persuaded to go back to where she was before, to go back to who she was before, to go back to her vomit. I want us to look at Ruth chapter 1, verses 11 to 13. And I read, And Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters. Why will ye go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb, that they may be your husbands? Turn again, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have an husband. And if I should say, I have hope, if I should have an husband also tonight, and should also bear sons, would you tarry for them till they were grown? Would ye stay for them from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieved me much for your sakes, that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. Amen. Wow, what a great reality. We saw Opa in the previous verses. And she was persuaded by her mother-in-law to go back to her mother's house. And Opa refused. She was still going in the strength of company. And maybe Opa felt, I can do without my mother's house. After all, I've left our house for years now. So while Naomi was saying, go back to your mother's house. Maybe she felt that is not enough reason for me to go back. But I want us to see how she was fully persuaded to return from finishing her task. Facing a task unfinished. Heart throbbing delve into the life of Opa. In the scriptures that we read, Ruth chapter 1 verse 11, we see that Naomi said to Opa, Turn again. For me, that word carries weight. Turn again, my daughters. Connor for me that maybe there had been a little turning before. Because she said, Turn again. Maybe why she persuaded them at the earlier stage. One of them tried to turn. Maybe there was an hesitation. And then decided to go again. And then decided to follow Naomi. But here from verse 11, we see Naomi come again to persuade both Opa and Ruth to return from this journey that they had already embarked on. And I want us to consider the reasons why she said they should go back. First, we saw in verse 11, she was asking them, why do you want to go with me? For Naomi, she see nothing good in her own life. She looked at herself and she felt she had nothing to offer Opa and Ruth. She asked the two ladies, if there were still more sons in her womb, that they may be their husbands. 
You know, she brought her strong raisins to both upper and root not to follow her again. She sought to say, say, look, you are following a woman that is not followable. She actually begged these women to turn back again. She begged these women to go back to their way of life. She said, look, I am too old to have an husband. And even if I claim that I have hope and have a husband and bear a son, are you going to wait for these sons to grow and they become your husband? Then Naomi said, please, young women, go back. Because it is so grieving that the hand of the Lord is gone against me. Wow. And that seems to shatter upper. Naomi's strong persuasion, you know, was to bring upper and root the basis for them not to follow her. And that persuasion was like a basis presented to upper and root that there is no future for you in Bethlehem, Judah. And it's amazing that Opa also was fully persuaded. Remember, she had been coming in the strength of joint decision. But at this point of strong persuasion, of strong reasons why following Naomi was a mistake. For Naomi had no sons that Opa could get married to. Yes, her mother's house she can do without. But to do without a husband, to do without a child, Opa said, no, I cannot. I cannot. And I think for me, it seems all Opa's ambition and hope were in Naomi. It seems that she had no hope in the God of Israel. Because if a woman had a hope in the God of the universe, you would not look at the limitation of human. Why? Human beings are limited. God is the Almighty. And since Opa's conviction, Opa's hope, Opa's ambition was in Naomi, there was no personal conviction, no personal push to go ahead and continue in this task that she began from Moab. Though she had left Moab, Though she had started the journey, though she had gone halfway, though she had gone a little way, though she had gone so far, she had resolved to indeed give in to the persuasion of Naomi. Opa fell for Naomi's reasons for them to go back. Though they had left Moab and already started the journey to Bethlehem, Judah, Opa sees no reason why she should continue again. And you know, this is a bit challenging for me. Why would I journey? Sometimes I look at my life, I just feel, look, I've gone too far. There is no turning back. Where I am now is beyond where I left. I cannot turn back. No life challenges. No life difficulty. Just like we sang in the church today. No schemes of man, no plan of the enemy can pluck me from the destiny that God has for my life, can pluck me from the hand 
of my Messiah. And you know when a woman has not yet seen the invisible for her very life, she will not be willing to carry on. She will fail because others were failing. She will fall into sin because others were committing the same sin. And you know such was the story of Opa. A task Opa started. A task Opa began was about to be aborted because of a persuasion. Because of the persuasion of an experienced woman, of an elderly woman, of an older sister who saw nothing good in herself. And Opa left her task unfinished. Because Naomi had lost hope in herself. Opa forgot her hope should not be in Naomi. Her hope should not be in what the womb of Naomi could produce. Maybe in time gone by, the womb of Naomi provided her children to marry. But at this junction, Opa could have gone ahead Hanging her hope in the God of Israel. I want to close today's broadcast as I read Hebrews chapter 12, verses 2 and 3. And it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against him, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Opa fainted in her mind. Opa did not look unto the author and unto the finisher of her faith. I'm not even sure if she had a personal faith. I'm not even sure if a marriage to Chilion brought her to an encounter with the God of Israel. Jesus, the Bible says, because of the joy that was set before him, he endured. He despised the shame. Upper could not endure. Upper could not despise even the shame of having no husband, of having no child. Opa could not endure such a contradiction. Opa fell for the persuasion of Naomi. She fainted and her task became an unfinished task. A journey from Moab unto Bethlehem was aborted. Opa gave in. When we come next time, we will come and see Opa, the Moabites. Opa, the wife of Chilion. Opa, a woman who journeyed in the company of others. Opa, a woman who is more comfortable when everybody seems to be going that way. Yet, Opa, a woman with no personal conviction. Woman, 
What is the story of your journey with the Lord? Have you a personal work with Him? Are you facing a task that you are about to quit from? Are you about to quit from your marriage? Are you about to give up on your husband? Are you about to quit for another woman in your matrimony? Are you about to throw in the towel over your son, over your daughter? Have you given up hope over your congregation? Have you given up hope over the flock that the Lord has committed into your hands? Are you looking at others to run your race? God is saying to you, I want a relationship with you. I want you to know me on a personal level. Will you come and follow me if I but call your name? Zacchaeus was a man who was in the midst of crowd, but climbed upon the sycamore tree. He singled out himself that he might see even the Lord Jesus. And from that day, salvation came to Zacchaeus. Would you respond even to the Lord God today as he beckoned you to come? Come, my beloved. Come into a personal and an individual walk with me. Amen. Women in Revival podcast. One week ago, we started a series called Facing a Task Unfinished. Our topic for today is a turning back. Today, we'll be seeing the Orpah turned back. She went home. She went back to Moab, where she had been brought up. She went back to a country of idol worshippers. She went back to a barren land. She went back to a place where her destiny could not be fulfilled. She went back to a barren life. Sisters, Orpah turned back. May you not turn back on your journey in this world. May you not turn back if someone tells you to turn back. May you not be a crowd follower. May you be a person who has their own faith able to stand and finish what God has in store for them. Orpah turned back. God will help us not to turn back like Orpah. Deborah Shinobi will now take us further on this subject. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We cannot thank you enough for what you are doing. Thank you for the conviction that you are bringing to women. Thank you for pulling women out of the crowd into a personal encounter, even with you. As we come again on today's episode, speak, Lord, for we, your daughters, are listening. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for taking your time to journey with us thus far. We are still on the series, Facing a Task Unfinished. 
heart-throbbing delve into the life of Opa. Feel free to share our links, our app, our broadcast with your loved ones. Feel free to download our app, Women in Reviver. It is free and our broadcast is free. You can get our app on Google Play, search for Women in Reviver. And also you can get our broadcast from Podbean. You search for Podbean on Google Play or App Store. And then, having downloaded Podbean, search for Women in Reviver. And subscribe if you downloaded Podbean so that you can know whenever our new broadcast is out. Maybe you have a need of counseling. Feel free to contact us. Go on our website, www.gravechampchristianladies.co.uk. Send us an email. Send us a WhatsApp. Join us on some of our online Bible classes. It is an opportunity for those of you who live outside the UK to fellowship with us. And also, if you desire us to connect you with people whom you can fellowship with in a group. These are not church groups. They are people from different church backgrounds who have come together on that discipleship platform. Do let us know and we will link you up appropriately. Last time we saw Opa, a woman who was fully persuaded to leave the task that faced her, to leave it unfinished. And I want us to go today, as we look at the step Opa finally took, why she was fully persuaded by her mother-in-law, Naomi. Ruth chapter 1 verses 11 to 15 reads, And Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters, while will you go with me? And are there yet any more sons in my womb, that they may be your husbands? Turn again, my daughters, go your way, for I am too old to have an husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have an husband also tonight, and should also bear sons, would you tarry for them till they were grown? Would ye stay for them from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieved me much for your sakes, that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. And they lifted up their voice and wept again, and Opa kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. Amen. So here we are seeing that Naomi having told Opa and Ruth that there was no future for them in her. Having told them that she had no womb to conceive sons. Having told them that she was too old to have her husband and the Lord's hand has gone out against her. Having told them that there was no need for them to follow her, Opa made a personal choice. The Bible says Opa and Ruth lifted up their voices and they wept again. Remember that was what they did when persuaded initially in verse 9. They lifted up their voices and they wept. And this second persuasion, they both lifted up their voices. 
and they wept again. But now, the weeping together now has a definition. Upper finally came to the place of making a personal choice. She had journeyed in the company of other people's decision enough. At this point, she wants to make a choice that was actually the choice that was on her heart. Having lifted up their voices together as a joint expression of their feelings, as a corporate response to Naomi's persuasion. I see that there came finally a personal resolution for Opa to go back. Our inner person decided to return back to who she was, back to where she left. I don't know, maybe she may have thought, I can do without going back to my mother's house, but I can't do without a husband nor a child. And since I can't get these things through Naomi, I can't get a husband nor a child through Naomi, I better return. It's as if Opa could not hear God as God spoke to Abraham in Genesis 15 verse 1. That look, Abraham, I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. Because if Opa had seen God as her shield and not Naomi, as a shield and hope. If Opa had seen God as an exceeding great reward, she would have gone ahead to pursue and to follow God. Opa would have gone ahead and trusting her future into God's hand. But Opa returned from the task that she started. She resolved in her heart not to finish her task. Opa kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. The journey Opa started with her mother-in-law ended in between Moab and Bethlehem, Judah. Opa kissed Naomi goodbye, yet not only Naomi. Opa kissed Bethlehem goodbye. Opa kissed a future goodbye. The book of Matthew chapter 24 verse 13 says, But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Upper could not endure to the end. Upper stopped in between the journey. And I don't know, maybe for you also, you have started the task of following Jesus. You have started the task of building your marriage. You have started the task of raising your children. You have started the task of journeying with the Lord in discipleship. And now you are faced with persuasion from experiences of men. You are faced with persuasion from experienced men and women. And these experiences, this persuasion of these great people is making you to change your mind. I want to say to you, remember Opa. Arise, woman. Arise to face the task that is before you. Arise to build your relationship with the Lord. Arise to build your personal quiet time. Arise to build 
a personal altar with the Lord. Arise from the crowd. Arise to a personal and a peculiar walk with your God. Arise to face this task that seems will not be finished. Arise to face this task that wants to turn itself to an unfinished task for you. Arise to build this your marriage. Arise to agree with God concerning your husband, concerning your matrimony. Arise to fight a good fight of faith. Arise to finish to the end. Arise. Don't break the line. Don't break the course. For Jesus said, it is only they that endure till the end shall be saved. Amen. This is Women in Revival podcast. One week ago, we started a series called Faith in a Task Unfinished. Today, our topic is Faded into Her Past, A Task Unfinished. Today, we are finishing this series and we'll be seeing how after Orpah has turned back, we no longer have her. Orpah turning back was the last time we ever heard of her in the Bible. We see here that there was a task put forward for Orpah as the wife of Chilean, but she turned back. We see here that this task was unfinished. And in the next series, we'll be seeing how this task will be taken up by another person. Sisters, God has a task for each and every one of us. May you finish your own. Paul said, I have run a race and I have fought a good fight of faith. Deborah Shinobi will now take us further on this subject. Thank you for this series. Thank you for the challenge you've brought to us from the life of Opa. We hear of Ruth, we hear partially of Naomi, but we never heard of upper after Ruth chapter 1. Lord Jesus, help us to search our lives, to search our task, to search every areas of our lives where we seem to be going the way of upper. Help us, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you so much for joining with us thus far. Throughout this series, Facing a Task Unfinished, at Throbbing Delve into the Life of Opa. Today is the last episode on this series. I'm sure this past seven episode has challenged your heart as it has challenged mine. Last time we saw Opa, a woman who was a Moabitess, a woman who was brought in relationship with an Israelite, a woman who got married to Chilean, a woman who had the opportunity to journey into the land of the Israelites. 
there. She went back due to the persuasion of an experienced older woman. So today we want to round up this broadcast as we consider the topic faded into a past, a task unfinished. Upper started, upper journeyed along, the upper did not finish. And we read the book of Ruth chapter 1 again, verses 14 and 15, as we conclude this series on upper. Ruth 1, 14 to 15 says, And they lifted up their voice and wept again, and upper kissed her mother-in-law. But Ruth clave unto her, and she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. So that was again even the story of Opa. Opa returned from following Naomi. Opa refrained from joint responses. Opa stood on a personal reasoning. Opa stood on what she felt was right, even though she seemingly was pleasing Ruth and pleasing Naomi. And from the verses that we have read again, we see that Upper went back to her people. Upper went back to her gods. For Naomi said in verse 16, that behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Upper went back to idolatry. After decade of living idolatry and marrying into the family of Elimelech, Opa returned back to her idolatry. She could not go a yonder with the Lord. And Opa faded from Naomi's life. Opa faded from the Ephratite lineage. Opa faded from Bethlehem Judah and from the entire tax force of the Most High God. Opa started indeed, but she never finished. She left where she used to live and journeyed on the road to Bethlehem, Judah. And you know, many may have seen Opa on the road to Bethlehem, Judah. Many would have thought she was following, but she did not get to Bethlehem, Judah. She returned back to where she began. She returned to where she left for more than a decade. Opa returned to her colleagues. Opa returned to her friends. Opa returned to her idol worshipping. Opa returned to her past way of life. Opa returned to the fag that she has put behind. Opa returned to a life of alcoholism. Opa returned to the life of divination. Opa returned to the life of partying. Opa forgot that she was once accepted in the beloved, even though she was not supposed to partner with the Israelites. Osea chapter 2 verse 23 we saw earlier during this series that God said, He will sow her unto himself on earth, and he will have mercy upon her that had not obtained mercy. And he will say to them which were not his people, you are my people. And they ought to say in response, 
thou art our God. Upper could not voice that out. Upper could not say, thou art my God. That was Ruth's response. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. You know, we hear of Ruth in the many chapters of the book of Ruth and even in Matthew. But we only met Upper in Ruth chapter 1 and we left her there in chapter 1. She ended her life like that of Lot's wife who looked back. She loved the world like Demas. Upper could not see the future ahead and she vanished into her past. My beloved, if you also will face this task that is before you, if you will face the task of your matrimony, the task of you, the upbringing of your children, if you will face this task and finish the same, you must come to the cross of Christ. You must come to make the Lord Jesus the Messiah of your life. You must know Jesus for yourself. Life starts in the death of the Lord Jesus. The book of Romans chapter 4 verse 21 says, And being fully persuaded, what he had promised, he was able also to perform. If you come to the Lord Jesus, he is promising to help you to face the task before you and to finish the same. How to finish may not be how you intended to finish it, but it will be in a way that will glorify him. Also, 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 12 says, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who have enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Upper was counted to be on the road to Bethlehem, Judah. But she was not thankful. She was not grateful. She was not focusing on the Lord Jesus. Would you put your hope on the Lord Jesus? Have you been going to church yet have no personal relationship with the Lord? Maybe you have been taking communion for ages. Maybe you are part of your church leadership. Maybe you have been very busy in the church. Maybe you have been doing so much in the work of God. Yet, you can't boldly say, I know God. This is an opportunity for you to come and put your hope in the Lord Jesus. I want you to ask him to come into your heart today and ask him to help you to have a personal work with him and will be willing also to help you to discover a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which have begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. For if God began a task in you, through you, for you, and for your generation, he will 
complete it. For it never starts a work unfinished. And I am praying that this episode will lead you onto a personal walk with God. That you may be amongst women who will face a task and finish the same. So that if Jesus tarries and many other women have the opportunity to delve into your life, their heart will not be broken. That your life may be a great source of inspiration, a great source of encouragement, a great source of pushing the Lord Jesus in a personal daily walk with him. Amen.